you have never seen Cake Boss, then you don't understand. Well, welcome to the first episode of Good Bad Show. Uh, I'm Andy. And I'm Matt. And uh, on this show, we basically take something and discuss whether or not it's objectively good or objectively bad. Or neither of those things, because I don't believe that anything can be either of those things. Sometimes it can be neither of those things. But I, I, believe, I believe there is good in the world. And you know what, I, Matt? I, I still think there's good in the world. I uh, just don't know that we can put you? everything into categories do of you? objectively good or objectively bad. That's a very difficult thing to decide. And why do you get to decide? Why can't I decide? You're saying good exists. It's, only, it's just subjective. Uh, yes, correct. Uh, okay. When I say something's good, generally that's true. Uh-huh. Uh, but when you say something's good, we should probably argue about that for a little sure, bit. Sure, sure. Well, yeah. you know, the first episode is, is a high-pressure situation. People are going to look back on we this. We probably picked the most interesting topic in the whole world because it's such a high-pressure situation. When we are 60, 160, 350 episodes in, people yeah. are still going to come back and listen to this first one. We, we've seen the stats on our other podcasts. We've seen that first yeah. episode gets a lot of listens. Oftentimes, it doesn't deserve it. So no. uh, there's some pressure to do it right, wouldn't you say? Oh, incredible amounts of pressure. Lots of pressure. So much. Well, less on me, because I'm just more here to, to argue with you and, and make you look wrong. But that's a, that's a lot a nice of pressure way. on you. That's a nice way so to much absolve pressure yourself on you. all responsibility for this podcast. Just, hey, I'm just here. <laughs> I'm just the other half of this podcast. I'm just, I'm just here. here. Andy, you're here to steer the ship towards whether anything could be good or bad. I'm here to tell you that you're wrong, and then sign off the end and feel really right about everything. Which is This is basically just a, just a self-esteem building exercise for you, then. Yeah, I like it. I think this is going to work out for me. I'm going to have a great time every week. I hope you do too, but I'm less interested in that. Sure, sure, sure. So, first week, first whatever, first episode, the topic I want to talk about is bread. Oh yeah, sure. Everyone's favorite, most exciting thing, bread. Bread is so exciting. Uh, I find it very exciting, and I would like to make the argument that bread is good food. Is objectively good food, no matter who you ask. Doesn't matter who you ask, it's good food. Well, see, here, I think already right off the bat, Matt, you are misdefining objectively. Okay. Which Let's, maybe we should get, maybe we should get that episode, in. Right? Maybe that seems like we should set some groundwork on. This seems what, pretty What does important. that even mean? So if I were to, you know, uh, hold a, a nice, you know, red delicious apple yep. and say, Matt, what color is this apple? Yep. You would say red, right? I think so. Would you say that's objectively true that apple is red? Ooh, what's that word? What's that, that really good Wikipedia article about how people see different colors? There's a name for that, and I can't remember it right now. So I think you're thinking of synesthesia, but nope. that's not what that is. Exactly. Nope, that's not what synesthesia is. That's a different thing. Okay, Dang it, I can't good. remember the name of that thing. Qualia? Is it called qualia? It might be called qualia. We're going to look that up later. Or people can write in and tell us that we're wrong. We're going to see what happens. Anyway, I, uh, Jen, let's say I accept that premise. I might come okay. back to it later and disagree, so that sure. has some ammunition. But let's say for right now, I agree. So if you say that that apple is, is red, objectively, yes. what do you say to a person that's colorblind or completely blind? That color is not a thing they could ever even possibly perceive or that they've perceived it differently than you've perceived it. Do you Remember say, earlier where I said I might be able to come back to this and change my mind? Yeah. I might have to do that right now. Uh-oh. So, you, so, you're, so episode one, you're going to say, <laughs> I ask you, is a red apple objectively red? And you're saying no. <laughs> well, not to a colorblind person. What does objective mean if it's, uh, if it's subjective? But the thing is, it's not subjective. Some things are just, are just facts that yep. other people can't perceive. That's just how the world works. I'm going to agree with that. Okay, so colorblind okay. guy can't ha- doesn't happen to be able to see the color red, which is just, by definition, the thing on the spectrum. How about that? It's a thing that's definable. Red is a thing that's definable. That we can agree on. Yeah, no, if you look at the Wikipedia page for red, it doesn't say apple. It says <laughs> this many hertz to this many hertz, and that's what red is. All right, we can agree on that. Great. 
So if we can agree on that, we can agree that some people can never confirm or may even completely disagree with that fact that that thing is red because they see it as totally differently. Yep. Uh, that's how we're going to have to talk about objective as... What I see objective as is... I think it's also important to establish that when I say objective, I mean on the scale of humanity. Like, if we discover an alien planet and a whole other race of living creatures at some point in the future, uh, that would require a lot of revising of worldview. But I do think it's important that the scale of humanity is a big enough scale that it's worth talking about. It's not like it's so small and so trivial that as soon as we discover something else, it doesn't matter anymore. So when I say objective, I mean like anthrocentric objective. That sounds pretty fair. So what you're saying is I can't use an argument later where I say like, hey, remember the movie Signs? What if it was exactly like that, except water is bread and it's poisoned these aliens? How could you call that objectively good? You're going to tell sure. me not allowed to say that because they're aliens and not Mel Gibson's. I'm, I'm just saying, yeah, that when we discover a new, a new race of living creatures, we'll have to revise a lot of things. But for now, I think that the human experience and the, human, uh, the, the breadth of human knowledge and human culture is big enough and meaningful enough that it matters to say that something is good in human culture. So what you're telling me is you're going to come down on the Mel Gibson side of things, not the alien side of things. In most, I, most I, arguments, no, I've never seen that saying? movie, Matt. Spoiler okay. alert, never seen the movie. I'm not okay. big on uh, watching movies, believe it or not. You're not big on watching really, really, really bad movies? No, I am big on watching really, really bad movies. I'm just not big on watching movies in general. So that's a thing. Okay. I'm not going to get a lot of cultural references. Okay, well, I'll go ahead and keep making them, and I'll, I'll hope someone else out there is listening for me and uh, applauding. Perfect. Our first running gag, Matt yep. making continual cultural references and he doesn't get. So bread, I'm going to argue, is good food. And here's another important thing that I, I feel like you might push back on frustratingly. <laughs> is that <laughs> sure. things that are, I'm going to argue are objectively good can't be good across all spectrum of all things. Like bread is not a good automobile. Bread is not a good house. Bread is a good food. Bread is food. Can we, can we agree that the goodness of something can be scoped? to a category of thing. So what you're telling me, if, if I'm looking at a piece of bread on a table and I say that makes a terrible movie because it's very boring, you're not going to allow that? I'm going to say that you, that cannot be an acceptable argument for why bread isn't good because you can't literally use it to do everything in the whole world. All right, because I can't mow my lawn with bread and if that makes it a bad lawnmower, doesn't make it objectively bad. I think I can accept that premise. Okay, so we're making some progress. God knows I'm probably going to come back to it and use it by accident later anyway. But I'm glad you laid that out so that you can tell me later. But uh, this we'll, is good. This we'll is on see tape. how much <laughs> we'll see how much I listen to you. This is on tape, so we can we can return to this. Sure. So bread. Here's the thing about bread. Bread is a very special food. Bread has been around for ages, millennia. Uh, mm-hmm. I was trying to do some research online. Turns out people don't really know when bread was invented because it was invented in all different parts of the world by all different groups of people. Uh, but most people agree that. Somewhere around 30,000 years ago, they can find evidence of, like, bread-making tools or, like, scuff marks on rocks that indicate that some kind of wheat or starch was crushed there into a powder, which you're probably using to make bread. So it's been around for a super long time. And it is something that is eaten by all different cultures of people from all different backgrounds. People that really share nothing else in common share the fact that they eat some kind of bread. Uh, And I don't think that's a coincidence. I think it's just because bread... Is this amazing idea. It's such a simple, beautiful idea of we're just going to take wheat or starch or some kind of grain that is otherwise kind of unpalatable. Like, how many other ways have you eaten just wheat in your life other than bread? Uh, I can't think of that many. Mostly bread, I would say. 
probably not that many because wheat on its own is difficult to eat. It's hard to make tasty. It's not a good food in, in the sense that it's just you can eat it. But if you do this simple process, you crush it up, mix it with some water, some salt if you're lucky, uh, and bake it, then you have this amazing food product that is tasty to most people. I would argue that you find very few people that actively don't like the taste of bread. They may not, may not be their thing, right? It may not be their favorite thing in the whole world, but yep. bread, I think, is something that is such a part of so many people's lives that it's, uh, it's really become something that most people will, will eat and enjoy to some degree. Uh, and I think that the simplicity is a, is a beautiful thing of it, right? Like it really is just flour and water by definition. Um, almost all breads do have salts in them of some kind to give it more flavor, uh, but that's not really necessary to the definition of bread. Mm-hmm. And then there's all kinds of varieties of bread, right? Uh, these varieties are from, many of the varieties are just changing the combination of flour, water, salt, thyme, and heat. Like just take those variables, those knobs, and turn them around, and you get all different kinds of things output at the other end without even putting in new ingredients. So we, we have white bread, of course. We have whole wheat bread, baguettes, uh, pita, naan, um, sourdough breads, uh, flatbreads like uh, you know pizza and stuff like that. Uh, tortillas are a flatbread. You got matzah, unleavened bread. Crackers are unleavened bread. Crackers fall into the bread category. All these things, same ingredients, different outcomes, uh, which gives it a lot of flexibility too. Bread can be a lot of different things with a lot of different people. Bread is a, is a big idea. Sure. Anything you're disagreeing with so far? No, I agree with all those things. I'll come. Great. I have a lot of ideas for how to, to derail this train, but for right now, I'm going to let you keep going. You're going to allow the train to continue yep. down the tracks. Yes. Here's the other amazing thing about bread, of which there are many amazing things. It's extremely simple, as we just touched on, but at the same time, it is incredibly complicated, and we, in all of our years of scientific advancement and sort of cultural development, have never mastered bread. We never got to, like, the bread. So there are still people that spend their entire lives, either as chemists or bakers or artisans, pursuing making bread. Oftentimes, the simplest kinds of bread. Many people agree that the the breads that are uh, the simplest and making just the right baguette or a good croissant or something, uh, those things are the hardest to get right. Uh, and so there's like specific bakeries in Paris where people will go on a pilgrimage to go see how this bakery works and see what their ovens are like and try and figure out all the variables that made that particular baguette so good, so tasty, so amazing. And so bread has the ability to be simple in that you could make it like, it's one of the only, like, processed artificial foods that you, Matt, if just, like, left out in the woods, you could probably figure out eventually how to make something that resembled bread, right? Like, you would find some kind of grain, you'd smash it up, mix it with water, put it on a hot rock or over a campfire, and poof, you would have made something like bread. And at the same time, some people devote their entire lives to just studying and practicing and trying to get better at baking it. Uh, in, you know, big fancy commercial ovens and, you know, nice kitchens. It's got all this incredible range. No disagreement so far? No disagreement. I can, I can bring up examples of really bad bread, but I don't know if that's just bad, a bad definition of what bread is. Like, for example, a thing like Wonder Bread. I think that might be a thing you would say, objectively terrible. That sounds like an Andy thing. Oh, no, say. I definitely wouldn't say it's objectively bad, no. Oh, okay. So Wonder Bread is uh, something that, Seems like a miracle at the time. In hindsight, like maybe it fed many people, but a pretty terrible version of the ideal of bread. Would you say something like that? Uh, I would say Wonder Bread is not to my taste, but I don't think you can make the argument that it's bad bread. Oh, interesting. Subjectively, you would say not to your taste, but objectively still good? 
it's still part of bread, and bread, I would argue, is good, yes. In the grand scheme of things, Wonder Bread is very far towards the good end of food you can eat. Interesting. Well, I think so. Then I might just let you keep going, because I thought that would derail you. Okay, we're going to keep <laughs> going down the bread train. The bread train? The bread tracks. So ultimately, my, my point is that when we're talking about food and what food is, right, it's food is largely nourishment. We need to keep people alive. We need to keep, keep them uh, with nutrients in their body. We need to give them calories that they can burn to go do activities in their day. Mm-hmm. Uh, bread is an amazing combination of things that takes something unpalatable, makes it palatable, and solves all of those equations. Um, I think you can basically live on bread and, and beer, actually. Beer's got a lot of vitamins and stuff in it you need as well. And I think if you just bread and beer, you're missing like one thing, like bromine or something. I don't know. I didn't do enough research really for the show. But if you look at that up, <laughs> between bread and beer, I think you can get almost all the nutrients you need to actually live. Like you'll live. Is that something like, a doctor would tell me if I told my doctor that uh, I haven't really eaten any fruits or vegetables, but I have eaten a lot of sandwiches and I've, drinking, I've been drinking a whole lot of beer? I'm probably good, And by right? sandwiches, you mean just plain bread with nothing on them? Hey, I consider a hoagie roll bread. That's bread. You know a bread sandwich? Yeah, you sure. A bread sandwich. Maybe, hey, maybe I'm getting that third ingredient, whatever it is, in, in whatever's, I have a bromine sandwich, or whatever you just said. I don't, think it's, I, don't, I don't think it's recommended <laughs> by any medical professionals. Fine. Uh, and I also, it's certainly not ideal. Like, ideally, you would get vitamins and minerals and nutrients from other places. I mean, I think, I think my idea of a hoagie roll and beer diet sounds pretty ideal, but whatever, you, hey, look, you live your own life. But I mean, it is worth noting that of all the foods we eat, almost none of them could you pair with just beer and say, oh, now you're getting all the nutrients you need except for maybe one thing. I forget what it is. Isn't it bananas? Doesn't everybody say you can just eat bananas all the time? Mm, I, I think bananas lack a lot of things uh, that are important. Anyway, uh, so bread is, I think, a good food in terms of like practicality. Like it fulfills the need of feeding lots of people, which is a practical need in much of the world. Like we have a lot of people to feed. How are we going to do it? Growing grain and turning into bread is a very economical practical way to do that can you argue with that it does seem pretty practical and it has worked for a very long time i can think of exceptions to the rule now there are so here's here's a situation that's popped up pretty recently it's come up uh, with some people that i know uh people who have celiac disease or gluten allergies things that would prevent them from eating bread sure now that doesn't mean that no one else in the world can eat bread but it does mean that there's a large group of people where bread is not good for them it'll actually make them violently ill definitely so what do we say to that well they're wrong and broken and should be thrown into a fire. Andy, don't say that about these people. They're probably nice people. First of all, I will say that there are lots of things that fall under the category of bread that are gluten-free. Using any kind of flour that does not have gluten in it still constitutes as bread. Oh, I've had those breads. Those breads stink. But for the sake of argument, Matt, let's assume that uh, all bread, everything I'm defining here as good, is completely inedible by some chunk of the population. Sure. Uh, which is, in fact, the case. People with celiac disease, that is, that is true. Um, and more so, it's become kind of a, not more so, much less so, it's become a trend recently in dietary health to avoid gluten at all costs, even if you don't have celiac disease, because that's the current, uh, you know, bugbear that's haunting everyone's stomachs, apparently. Yeah, the me from like five minutes ago, who's living off hoagie rolls and beer, he would just die. That's, mm-hmm. that's nothing but gluten. This trendy diet is killing me. So I want to be very careful talking about this, because I recognize that very oftentimes, to summarize something and in summary, basically exclude a minority group from that summary is usually like a uses a weapon, like a kind of weapon, right? Like the idea that, oh, uh, people that, you know, do X are a huge minority and we shouldn't bother thinking about them when figuring out things uh, is usually a very unsafe thing to say. And I think uh, pretty, pretty bad. 
Usually if a politician says that, you want to not vote for them, for example. Probably. Um, that said, I think there is value in recognizing that just as even if blind people can never see or perceive color, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the fact that the rest of us can doesn't mean that just because a, a group of the population can't see or perceive that, we should never talk about it. It doesn't exist. It's not actually read because this person can't perceive it. And if we can't get 100% coverage of an idea, uh, it's not worth sort of evaluating on this, on this kind of scale. So when I look at people with celiac disease, I say, okay, you know, you're, you're a person that has some kind of uh, difference, the way your body processes food, and you unfortunately can enjoy this food. Uh, and there's also, I guarantee people out there, maybe they'll write the show, that just actually hate the taste of bread. They really hate it. Like earlier I said, almost no one does. Those people exist, surely. They're people that probably just find it disgusting. Um, I don't know how really you do that because so many things, if not are bread, they taste like bread because it's such a normal kind of carby flavor, but those people certainly exist. And I don't mean to write them off at all. I only mean to say that I think it is worth recognizing that the trend overall is still valuable, even if there are exceptions. And this is, comes to another point, which is really important to make on this first episode of the podcast, which is that if I'm making the argument that something is good, that is completely different from the argument that someone has to like something. Uh, I think that people's taste is completely subjective. People can like whatever they like. I never have any desire to tell someone they're wrong for liking something or not liking something. That said, to bring it back to like the, is the apple red analogy, I think it's worth studying color theory, even though some people just can't see color. And I also think it's worth discussing what makes ideas and uh, inventions good or bad, even if to some people that's not necessarily the case because of various, most of the time, biological differences. I think that's fair. Now, we are saying, just to be clear on the apple analogy, we're saying the apple is red is equivalent to bread is good. Good being a thing that cannot be perceived by some people because, say, they have a disease that would prevent them from eating it is the same as the apple is red, a blind person can't see red, they can't even evaluate whether something is red. That doesn't mean it cannot possibly be red, correct? That is the argument I'm making, and I will recognize, before you say it, that the definition of red is far more specific than the definition of good. Oh, yeah. That's why there's room for this whole 20 minutes. <laughs> I, exactly. I acknowledge that part. Otherwise, this would be a very short show. That's why we're going to have lots of episodes of this podcast. Hey, Andy, are apples red? So that's why we can have a whole podcast about this, because I think that the discussion, the journey about what is good and what is bad and why is a very, very valuable one for like the progress of civilization. And I think the idea that you would just write it off and say, oh, it's subjective. We can't even bother talking about that is the same thing as basically saying some people can't see color. So we're not even going to try and figure out color theory because that's not valuable for every single person in the whole planet. Uh, so the kind of core of why it matters to me that bread is good, right? So that's like the macro. Like, I really, I truly believe that this is some of the stuff I think about all the time that I find very interesting. Like, I am a creative person. I know you are too, Matt. Mm -hmm. I want to make things in the world, and I want to make good things. Uh, and I don't measure good by what people like or dislike, because if I did, I'd be making pop music all the time. I measure good by this other metric that I basically spend all of my waking free time trying to figure out. So why does it matter that I think bread is good? And the reason it matters I think bread is good is because I'm, I also cook. I, I'm an amateur cook. I bake, and I want to make good food. And so when I'm, um, when I'm presented with a, with a new food idea, with a recipe, with some kind of trend, uh, with a restaurant, with a menu, uh, I want to be able to figure out, like, what are the good foods? And for me, all of these things I'm naming about bread, the fact that it is simple in its construction, the fact that people have 
Well, so I should say that some things about the bread that make it good, I think, are not the reason it's good, but they are evidence that it is good. Like for me, I think the fact that different cultures independently came to the invention of what is basically bread, mm -hmm. that is not why it's good, but I think that's evidence that it is good. Well, is that evidence that it's good or evidence that it's a simple and, and somewhat obvious idea? What's the difference? I don't know. Are those things synonymous? Like if, uh, if everyone came up with, I think everybody could come up with a similar bad idea, like war or something, <laughs> where you fight to solve a problem. Uh, I think large groups of people can come to the same conclusion. Doesn't necessarily mean that it is good, right? I would agree that by definition, like lots of people doing something, you're right, does not make it good. Uh, but I think that if we also look at the net impact of bread across all of society and culture and time, it is a very positive one. Yes, some people have celiac disease. That's very unfortunate. But this food, this food product, one of the very first man-made food products of like the agricultural revolution has fed you know legions of people across all of time uh in a way that you matt as someone who's very practical i know you like solving a problem bread solves a problem i'm gonna give you that bread definitely solves a problem i don't think that we can say that because many people came to the same conclusion it is therefore good i think it it leads you to it might be a very good solution uh because so many people have solved the problem in the same way and so i'm going to give you that it's definitely a great solution to the problem. The problem being, we are hungry. What are we having for dinner tonight? Mm -hmm. Or lunch, or breakfast, or brunch. And, and with bread, we have the benefit of history. We can just look back and say, ah, look, all these different cultures have used bread for this amount of time. It clearly must have some value. But I'm interested in the idea, understanding the idea of good to the point that I can evaluate something uh, more quickly without that value of history. So the reason I look at bread and say, okay, what makes this good? Why does this matter to me? Is because, you know... I think it's important for me to have like a language or a system to process why I think bread is good and why I think the latest food blogger post on like jamming Kit Kats into a turducken is not good. And it's hard for me to basically come to a system for that without, you know, kind of observing and putting down some rules. And I think the fact that bread is so simple, uh, frankly, when you, when you compare it to other foods and like the number of people that have allergies or aversions to it, uh, I would bet it's probably one of the foods that the least number of people physically can't eat, as opposed to, let's say, for example, a turkey stuffed with Kit Kats. Um, it's relatively simple food. The fact that it's simple, but also its simplicity supports a vast life of study. You could study bread forever and just get better at it and understand it in more different ways, understand it scientifically, understand it culturally, understand its relevance in you know, uh, religious, uh, religious rituals and in sort of uh, other society. Uh, I think that that simplicity plus that depth is huge. And also the flexibility is another thing I think makes it a good food. So flexibility, simplicity, and depth are the three things I'm going to say make bread good. Uh, the fact that it can be tortilla, it can be a baguette, it can be a pizza crust, uh, it can be a cracker, it can be all these things, uh, allows for different contexts to use it in the way that makes most sense to them. So those are the reasons I'm sticking by why it's good, and the evidence of that, I'm going to point to history, I'm going to point to the people that have spent their entire life studying it, and I'm going to point to the fact that you, Matt, if left in, let's just say, a wheat field to make it easy, could figure out how to make bread after not too long. I'm going to give you one more curveball. Because I think I'm pretty, I'll be honest, I'm pretty close to just admitting bread is good. Oh, man, God, I'm going to win the first episode. I also like bread. My favorite food are sandwiches. It's really hard for me to argue against bread. I feel like this, maybe this was an unfair topic. It's almost like, uh, hey, is Matt objectively good or bad? And I have to argue against my own case. <laughs> that's, pretty, that's pretty brutal, Andy. Unfair. Unfair first podcast. But I'm going to throw this out there. Let's say, uh, let's take another topic. Uh, or let's, let's take a general premise. There are many things in history that are good for a period of time 
But as society grows and changes, they're kind of like, uh, you know, the rocket boosters that you shed as you get out of the atmosphere. Like, they were useful for a period of time. They're no longer useful for, to us. We don't need them anymore. And just like the rocket boosters, you drop them into the ocean with no care for the environment. <laughs> say, like, say certain kinds of religions where it was very useful to kind of come up with this structure and this dogma that uh, gets everybody thinking away for a period of time. So everyone is civilized. Then we advance beyond a point. Maybe not needed anymore. Maybe there's a different kind of societal structure that we need. Uh, what if, let's say we're looking towards the future a bit more, like a lot of people have tried things where they cut out carbs, they try Atkins diet because everyone is just in the future, let's say everyone is just so fat that uh, we have our little we have our little food pills that give us all our nutrients that we need. When we add bread in the diet, we just become big old fatsos and we turn into the Wally people because we just we don't have the kind of lifestyle that would support eating bread all the time. Is it possible that bread was good and is no longer good in that situation? Well, I would argue that in many ways we are already there. I think in much of the world. Not all of it, certainly. There's still places that I think physically need bread because of the caloric, you know, the caloric contribution it makes to society. Uh, I would argue most of the world, certainly where you and I live, Matt, there's no reason that we need to eat bread or bread needs to be a part of our life at all. Correct? It's probably true. Yeah, we probably could get away with not eating it. We absolutely could. Uh, you know, Soylent is now a thing. Uh, and Soylent, I would argue, if you look at my things about what makes a food good, Soylent meets simple in, many, in some ways. Uh, Soylent also meets complicated in some ways, but soylent is not flexible. There's no variation. There's the other reason that, that bread is a good food and not just good nutrition is because the variation allows for culinary exploration and expression. And I think things that support expression are generally good because they support the idea that society should uh, <laughs> communicate with itself. Are you telling me, Andy, you want, you want food that is a system and not just a food? Yes. Some sort of framework for your creativity? I mean, that's, that's what cooking is. Cooking is, one of the reasons cooking is so conducive to creativity, I think, is that you do have very natural limitations. For example, everything must be edible. Like, you're not going <laughs> to go ahead and just, you know, grab some spray paint and finish off oh, that turkey. you have never seen Cake Boss then. You don't understand. Okay, so there is, there is certainly a type of food preparation that is largely decorative. That is a thing. I will concede that. But in the cooking I do in my day-to-day -day life, uh, it's a creative act that's limited by very hard boundaries. Boundaries of needs to be edible, boundaries of need to have it in my house because I am just practically not going to go out to get an ingredient for a specific dish. Uh, and then also the limits of like the taste of the people who I'm feeding. Anyway, bread is much better than Soylent <laughs> because it allows for that kind of variation and, and sort of context switching uh, that I think is a really important part of making something that is objective in the sense I'm talking about it. Uh, and Matt, the argument I'm surprised you haven't made yet is like, you're talking about something too big. Why not go smaller and say like, well, you know, uh, a baguette is not good to everybody. Like a baguette is impossible to make in some countries because of the type of, you know, grain and, you know, microbes that are floating around. Oh, yeah, in the yeah, yeast, yeah. I'm going to say that. that. Kind of I'm saying that exactly, Andy. What do you have to say to that, huh? Well, I think this, the degree of specificity <laughs> is an important part of this because I chose to talk about bread, right? And bread sits at a certain tier of this table we can imagine. The thing above it being probably food, the thing below it being a specific type of bread. And you can keep going in either direction until you get infinitely more specific or infinitely more general. Uh, but I think this is the right amount of specificity mm -hmm. that I can make the statement and, and feel confident in it. Like, I do feel that bread is good and for the reasons we've just described. And it's also the degree of specificity that it, uh, it's, it applies. It applies to enough of the, of the, the sort of human experience that I think it's, it's relevant.
So the degree of specificity is going to be big. I've had a lot of episode topics where I've thought like, oh, maybe this thing is good. And then I have to either go one level up or one level down to really find the thing that I think is actually at that sweet spot. Mm, I think that's fair. I think this would have been a much more difficult episode had you gone croissant or had you gone the entire concept of food and people not starving to death. Those are pretty difficult to cover. Maybe you could do croissant one day, but it seems like you kind of covered it today. Well, sounds to me like we just settled bread, Matt. <sighs> I don't want to agree with you, but I kind of agree with you. I don't know that bread is objectively good, but on a scale of like terrible to good, it's way closer to good for sure. I agree. I'm glad it exists. I want to eat all the time. Uh, I don't want to eat Soylent. I think that's the worst. So I'm going to eat some bread. I think it's great. I'm reluctantly agreeing with you, which is a terrible way to start this podcast, but uh, I think you're right, Andy. I think we settled bread. I feel real good. <laughs>